This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattress. Back in 2013, I bought a used mattress that was in someone's guest room. Uh, Not my best decision, but I was in college. Now, in 2021, I realized that it is horribly uncomfortable and makes me sleep worse. I was searching around for a mattress, specifically one of those that came in a box that ships directly to you to cut out the middleman uh, between the mattress store and you. Uh, Many of them, though, that come in the box mailed to you are still as expensive as one of those in the mattress store when you're supposed to cut out the middleman, but however, it's the same price. Uh, So that is where Novilla comes in. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night. Made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel infused memory foam, fits all bed frames and reasonably priced between $179 and $369.99. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description today, you can save 10% off any purchase through the Novilla directly. Again, that is 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description. And a reminder, when you use our promo codes and links, you directly support this show. What is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords? Hello, what is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Sweezy, the best episode we possibly have ever made, ever possible, ever, for any reason, uh, whatsoever. I like that. And uh, this is also the show that you listen to instead of paying for therapy. I'm saving you tons of money, and money that you should be using very much wisely, yet today... I'm bringing you yet another wet-ass podcast. So from the top, make it drop. That is a wet-ass podcast. Welcome to the show today. Like I said, this is our best episode that we have ever made, and I guarantee that because I can't imagine the other episodes uh, are that as good as that. Congratulations. You played yourself. So uh, first of all, uh, this is the last day of May, if you're listening to this episode, uh, the day it releases, meaning this is the last day to properly listen to my cover of InSync's It's Gonna Be Me, or some people say, it's gonna be May. It's the last day of May, so it's the last day you can listen to it. You can listen into it in June, uh, you can listen to it in August or September, Um, but is it gonna be May? I doubt it's gonna be May, and uh, that's something that you need to do. Uh, also, you should go so check out my other music and social media. You can follow me on all, uh, what is it? What do they call it these days? Uh, streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Tidal, Deezer, all those, YouTube, Amazon. Uh, I'm on all of them, and you should go check me out there. I have two EPs, uh, Ride or Die, and I have... Uh, my other EP, King, plus two singles as Ocean, and I have a single of Ocean, and uh, It's Gonna Be May is out there, too, so you go stream that nonstop so I get all that money, uh, because you already have a Spotify premium account, so why not just listen to me on repeat? Uh, you can also follow me everywhere on social media. That's at the Shweezy everywhere, except for TikTok. I'm the foreplay king on TikTok. Uh, i got to keep my crown where it's needed and uh, let everyone know what is up. This is the type of guy you get. Um, you can also watch me play video games on Twitch. I stream every Thursdays and sometimes Monday. I do a lot of Fortnite. Fortnite. I do a lot of Pokemon. I even do some Mario games when those come out. The Zelda games when they come out. Just do whatever I want for fun. Uh, this is the this is the type of guy you get. That's me playing every Thursday, sometimes on Monday. Just uh, like the adult diapers. It depends. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, that's that. Um, so, but you can also, if you have an Amazon Prime account, connect it to your uh, Twitch account, and you can press subscribe. Instead of just follow, you can press subscribe. Uh, you can help support me. It's typically a $5 deal, and that's $5 you're taking out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. And uh, you want to make sure that that guy does not make any more money. And I really like that. Uh, so do that, but if you want to support the show even further, we do have a Patreon where you can support the show financially and uh, do everything that you need to do over there. But best thing you can do for free, like this episode on wherever you're listening to your podcast at, especially YouTube, still building up that audience. We also have it on Spotify and Apple or uh, the other places people listen to podcasts on. Uh, but I think watching podcasts are the best. Then you get to look at my face, and it feels like I did my hair for someone Uh I know we're almost out of this pandy, but uh, I feel like I feel I want to feel pretty again. That's kind of what I want to do. You can also leave a review wherever you're listening to your podcast, even if you don't like it. If you hate it, you can be like, congratulations, you played yourself. And uh, just be like that. I played myself by listening to this episode. This is garbage. Uh, but I did like it, and I did leave a review. You can even dislike it on YouTube. That's why it's more important to listen on YouTube uh, than anywhere else. And always just press subscribe. Uh, that is all you need to do. So it's a great way to say uh, thank you for being a friend. Uh, yeah, so let's get on to previous week right now. Previous week right now is the weekly news that I find important. However, uh, what most people do is they find articles on whatever social media site they get their news from, and they just read the titles. However, I'm not like that. We find the titles, and we actually read the articles. And today, I'm actually going to try to sound like a news reporter when I read these. So let me get uh, ready for this. I know people don't like me when I burp directly into the mic, which I kind of understand when I do it. So I'm going to try uh, a little something different when I need to burp. Uh, and I know you're like, just don't burp. I'm like, ah, when you, you're talking too much, you can't just like stop. Hold on, I'm going to hold it in. Like when you're not talking, you have to burp. You can just hold it in. But like when you're talking, you got to get that shit out there. That's the only way you can get it fast out there. So uh, let me go ahead and get into the news. I'm going to sound like a newscaster. Dun 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 all right, Church got in, a, in on GameStop and Tesla stock craze, a uh, security filing show, ABC4. Uh, as it turns out, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints seems to be one of those groups with diamond hands taking GameStop and Tesla stock to the moon earlier this year. Recently, security filing show the Church investment branch eSign Peak Advisors purchased a large quantity of GameStop shares, 46000 to be exact, near the end of 2020. At the time of that purchase, the stake was valued at under a million dollars or 860 $67,000. Following the short squeeze of the video game retailer's stock, which was capital catapulted by a movement on a Reddit forum called Wall Street Bets in the first quarter of 2021, the value of that purchase has skyrocketed. Esign Peak reported that those 46,000 shares were worth $8,732,000 at the end of the first quarter of 2021, meaning that the hedge fund made a profit of over 900% on its investment at the time. The price of GameStop stock has fluctuated this week, but if eSign Peak is maintaining diamond hands and holding those shares, the stake would be worth $7,727,540 as of market opening time on Thursday. ABC4 reached out to eSign Peak to inquire if the fund planned to hold onto its GameStop holdings, but 
but calls were not immediately returned. The GameStop stock phenomenon took U.S. culture by storm in January 2021 when the Reddit community coordinated to facilitate a short squeeze on the company's value on the stock market, raising the embattled video game retailer stock by over 1,500%. GameStop stock began the month with a value of $17.25 and reached an all-time high of $483 on January 28th. With no reasoning other than the rallied support of internet bros, social media, and the ease of stock trading on platforms such as Robinhood. Uh, expressions coined on Reddit such as Diamond Hands, which identified GameStop shareholders unwilling to sell their shares despite the market volatility to the moon expressing excitement at the shares astronomical increase in value became commonplace on social media and in American vernacular due to the craze. Tesla CEO and founder Elon Musk, who is also said to have raised in lower other markets such as Dogecoin cryptocurrency with his remarks on Twitter, was in On The Mania. He sent a simple tweet Game Stonk, a play on a popular meme after GameStop stock hit $200 on January 26th. Uh, Interestingly, Ensign Peak also cashed in on Tesla stock, growing its holding of Musk's company to stake value of $433 million, according to the same regulatory fillings. Filing, filings. Not fillings, it's filings. Uh, the church came... The church came under fire in December 2019 when David Nielsen, a former employee of Ensign Peak Advisors, revealed evidence the hedge fund had ballooned to a value of $100 billion and alleged the church had misused that money, which was gathered by tithing funds and intended for charitable purposes, according to Nielsen's allegations. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints responded to Nielsen's with the following statement. We take seriously the responsibility to care for the tithes and donations received from members. The vast majority of these funds are used immediately to meet the needs of the growing church, including more meeting houses, temples, education, humanitarian work, and missionary efforts throughout the world. Over many years, a portion is methodically safeguarded through wise financial management and the building of a prudent reserve for the future. This is a sound doctrinal and financial principle taught by the Savior in the parable of the of the talents and led by the church and its members. All church funds exist for no other reason than to support the church's divinely appointed mission. Uh, the statement given on December 18, 2019 continued. Uh, claims being currently circulated are based on a narrow perspective and limited information. The church complies with all applicable law governing our donations, investment, taxes, and reserves. We continue to welcome the opportunity to work with officials to address questions they may have. ABC4 has reached out to the church for comments on the GameStop stock filings. Uh, we will update this article if requested for comments are returned. So, um... Big surprise here, everyone. A church is, a cult is, uh, is trying to get rich and trying to make a lot of money, folks. And, uh, I'm so surprised that a, a church only cares about money. Dude, the, the Mormons, I think, are really stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, they're really stingy with their money because I think they, uh, require, like, literally require you to give, to be, like, a member of the Mormon church. Like, you're required to be, like... I'm, it might be wrong, but it's like 10%. It could be 15. I'm not sure. But I feel like it's 10% of like your income. And basically, if they think that you're not giving uh, your like the right amount of money, they'll like investigate you to see. And I guess I don't know if tax tax funds can't be pu can't be public if you don't want them to be public. But 
Uh, typically, it's not like a thing you want to hide. Uh, unless you want to be a member of the Mormon church, then you don't want to give away all your money. Uh, I, I feel like there is a way, because there's a lot of good churches out there, you know, and they're not, their whole purpose is not to be uh, like a get rich quick scheme and shit like that. Uh, there's a lot of great churches out there. Uh, the one my parents go to, they just do an offering in the back. Uh, where it's just like, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to donate to this missionary this week. So it's in the back, donate if you want to, no pressure, but they sometimes have to give the sermons on the old, uh, uh, why Jesus wants you to give money. You know what Jesus would like you to give money? You know what he'll feel? I like that. He'll, he'll really like that. If Jesus, you give Jesus, uh, give your money to the church. Cause that's what Jesus wants you to do. And it's, and sometimes like with smaller churches, it's like, I think we're having some financial problems and we need you to do that. They could just be open like that, but, uh, like, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, the one I went to in college, uh, they did a cool thing. Uh, the preacher there was an ass, at least, uh, my senior year there, uh, he was kind of an asshole. Uh, and he's a, uh, kind of a, kind of a bitch too. If you want to, if you want to talk about that, that guy, uh, but, uh, he, but they did a thing where it's like, here's donations to us, and then uh, here's another donation thing, and that's for actually helping out the community, which is really cool. So it was like, so if you wanted to be, fuck this place, I'm going to help the community. Or you could be like, fuck the community, I just want to financially support this place, which is a, a great way to be like, fuck the community. <laughs> that's, that's the way I like to live. I like that. So, uh, this is the type of guy you get. So, uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, the one I went to one in Nashville for about a year and that one treated offerings like a, like a religious practice. It was, I was, I knew it was off pretty early. He's like, Lord bless this. They had like someone, you know, they had like communion meditation type shit. Uh, they would have a offering meditation type shit. It was weird. And I, that made me uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm not giving money to this place. Fuck this. Uh, still went though. I think I played guitar for them. Yeah, I played guitar for them, and uh, uh, with that, I was like, yeah, I'm giving you free music service. I'm not going to fucking pay you. Um, but uh, no, and then, like, yeah, and then eventually that spiraled out of control, and people found out, like, the pastor was making, like, six figures a year. It's like, oh, I'm living in po Like, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm living in poverty, but you need to make six figures a year and want me to give you my money? Okay. Uh, so that didn't escalate too. So um, if a church is very, very much like treats offering like a religious practice, they're only in it for the money, folks. That's that's all it is, is for glory and money. That's just how it is. So uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's all I have to say here. Uh, don't give money to churches. That's just, you can go to church. If I, I'll say this, uh, believe whatever you want. Go to church if you want. I don't give a shit. Uh, but uh, just, just don't give your money to them. Just, I would just, uh, if you, if you want to, if you feel like you want to help someone financially, uh, do that privately. Don't give it to someone else to do for you. That's, uh, that's very much, uh, stupid. That's rough, buddy. Uh, that's all I can really say in regards to that. I'm going to move on to our next article. So, uh, this doesn't become a bum, bum everyone out episode. See ya. So, uh, let's get into this one. This one uh, is pretty funny. Uh, I hope everyone, I want to make sure that everyone, uh, before I go into this, I want to make sure that everyone is well prepared for what I'm about to say. So, are you sitting down, standing up? Just just get ready for a shock. Um, all right. Three, two, one. From Geo News, Kevin Spacey to make acting return with film about accused pedophiles. <laughs> so, um, 
Let's just get into it from Geo News. Uh, disgraced Hollywood star Kevin Spacey will soon be making his return to acting since he was first embroiled in the sexual assault scandal in 2017. The House of Cards actor, who is currently facing a number of allegations of sexual harassment, is all set to share screens with Vanessa Redgrave by playing a detective as per a report by The Telegraph. His character named Duomo Che Desegno Dio will be investigating claims of pedophilia against a blind artist. Uh, the story of the film doesn't seem all that different from Spacey's own reality as well. He was accused of making sexual advances at actor Anthony Rapp in 1980s when the accuser was only 14 years old. Uh, soon after the Star Trek Discovery actors claims, other accusers also stepped forth with their own accounts of getting sexually harassed by Spacey, who has denied all allegations. Uh, so... Congratulations, you played yourself. Um, I want to know. I didn't know people were still hiring him. That's the one thing I want to know with these people. Because I know, uh, was it Chris D'Elia is back doing his podcast? I don't know if he's back on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter. Uh, it's just kind of Nazis on Twitter. Um, but uh, I know he's back doing his podcast, and uh, I know he lost like his agent and all a bunch of shit. Um, does Kevin Spacey still have agents, or he's just calling these places? Hey, I'd like to be in your film. Um, at the same time, and maybe the director's like, you know who we need, who would perfectly play the role of someone, a detective looking for pedophiles, an actual pedophile. That's who we'd like to do. And let us not forget when, uh, this all went down, uh, the first reaction from Kevin Spacey, I think this is a good time to mention that, uh, I'm gay. I'm like, I think we're well past that, buddy. Um, this is the type of guy you get. Yeah, we, we figured out that out. Um, yeah, um, maybe, um, I don't know. I want to see how well this movie does. I wanna, I'm interested in the topic. Uh, I don't support Kevin Spacey. Uh, he's just a weird guy. Uh, I think that's all we can really say in regards to him. He is a uh, weird guy. And uh, typically, if you did something bad, uh, I don't know, 10 years, 10 plus years ago, um, you could apologize for it. And I think there's an idea. I'm like, maybe we can forgive you. Uh, just like the adult diapers, it depends. <laughs> um, but that, with that, yeah, that's all we can really do. Um, he doesn't really, that's the thing though. It's like him and Bill Cosby, like they don't seem sorry for what they did. Uh, you know, Louis C.K. feels, I feel like he, he, it feels sorry for what he did. You know, Chris D'Elia, I think probably feels sorry for what he did. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a weird thing with him. So, uh, we're going to have to keep moving on from here i guess and figure out what the hell's going on with everyone so that's all i can say um with kevin spacey but uh maybe if you're underage keep some spacey away from kevin <laughs> uh the laugh track is the best decision i made in a while uh let's just move forward uh, uh let's see if we only got two more articles here folks um Controversial Marilyn Monroe statue shows tourists taking pics up statue skirt KXAN. Uh, next star as well, a 26-foot statue of Marilyn Monroe modeled after one of her most famous scenes from the seven-year itch is a prop. I just lost my place. A prop. 
appropriately, what did it take me that long to say appropriately? Appropriately coming back to Palm Springs after a seven-year absence, but plenty of people in Palm Springs are a little too hot and bothered by the idea. Uh, Forever Maryland, the official name of the statue by American artist Seward Johnson, depicts Monroe in a white halter neck dress, the skirt of which is permanently suspended in the air, as if by the breeze of a subway train passing underneath, a la the seven-year itch. The statue had previously been displayed in downtown Palm Springs between 2012 through 2014, before being relocated to exhibitions in other parts of the country and even Australia. Now, the towering Forever Maryland uh, Forever Maryland is coming back to Palm Springs thanks to the efforts of a local hospitality group with plans to position her closer to the Palm Springs Art Museum, her rear end facing the entrance. Placing a hypersexualized misogynist uh, statue of Maryland at the entrance to the elegant Palm Springs Art Museum sends a message to the community, its visitors, especially young, innocent children and tourists, and that this somehow represents the real Maryland reads a change.org petition urging the Palm Springs City Council to find more appropriate ways to honor Monroe's legacy. Uh, the organizers of the petition, which already has over 40,000 supporters online, further alleged that Monroe herself would not have appreciated the statue having fought to become more than just a sex symbol during her Hollywood career. It's blatantly sexist, and Elizabeth Armstrong, a spokesperson for the Change.org petition, in a statement obtained by NPR, it forces people almost to upskirt, she said, referring to the concept of sneaking a glimpse or taking a photo from underneath a person's skirt. P.S. Resorts, the hospitality group that licensed the statue instead, feels that there is perhaps no better location for this work than Palm Springs and will result in a tourism boom that will ultimately benefit the local economy. Marilyn Monroe loved Palm Springs and the exhibit of Forever Marilyn is a true homecoming, P.S. Resorts writes on its website. Aftab Data, the chairman of P.S. Resorts, added the statue's presence in Palm Springs will do nothing but benefit the city, according to a statement obtained by NPR. The statue would also be placed on a section of Museum Road between Museum Drive and Bell Road, Bellardo Road, uh, which Dada says is more than 100 yards from the entrance to the museum, according to TMZ. At the moment, plans to install the 24,000-pound statue are still moving ahead, having been approved by the Palm Springs City Council in November 2020. During that meeting, however, a councilman acknowledged that the statue was kitschy and would be preferable in other parts of the city, but the idea won approval partially on the grounds that it could be a powerful tool for tourism. The statue will now likely stand on Museum Way for three years. Uh, the Palm Springs City Council did know that the city may need an out in case the statue causes traffic or otherwise becomes a problem within those three years. As a result, they decided on the need to include uh, a termination clause in the agreement as discussed in their November 12th meeting. Data in response to concerns over the statue's effect on local businesses and tourism claims he is currently planning to conduct an independent study, which he later intends to present to the city, NPR reported. This isn't the first time Forever Maryland has ruffled a few feathers either. In 2018, the statue was Played in Connecticut with its behind uh, facing a church, but Reverend Dr. Todd Grant Yonkman, the pastor of the church, merely questioned why the artist would depict her in such a pose. Maybe the city would let us give her some pants, Yonkman joked to the Associated Press at the time. Well, folks, let's think here for a moment. Um, can, can we, you know, this isn't porn, Right, it's an up. It's like an upskirt. 
thing. Uh, it's and it's not made. It wasn't sculpted to be a sexual thing. It's a price. It's like a like a depiction of Marilyn Monroe. It's a classic. It's a classic. Uh, so obviously, uh, when you, when you do something like that, you're obviously gonna be like, oh, look, people are going to take upskirt pictures of it. Uh, cause it's a 26 foot, st- I said 26 foot, right? Uh, I want to say, yeah, it was 20, 26 foot. It's a 26 foot statue. Now, the reason why someone would, a normal person would do that is because it's a statue. If you do it to a real woman, that's bad. We're, we're against that. We are against uh, that shit. What is white this? White people, white people. I never, I think that's a white people thing. But yeah, I never use that sound drop. I need to change it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of like that. Um, and it's like another thing I always think, like, you're not a sex worker if you just take nude photos. That's modeling. And there's nothing wrong with taking nude photos. In fact, I encourage it. I encourage everyone to take nude photos. If you're a man, do not send them to me. That's all I ask. Uh and if you do, I am going to censor the dirty parts and uh, make fun of you on my show. So that's a threat. Uh, uh, I identify as a fucking threat. So you know what the fuck is going on. Uh, also, yeah, um, it's not sex. It's not sex because you know why? It's not sex. Uh, you can say it's sexual. Um, and then... Like Marilyn Monroe didn't want to be a sex symbol. There's a that's a weird concept. Like when I'm like, I can wear whatever I want, it's fine. And then like other women are like, oh, don't cover her up. That's because men will sexualize you. I'm like, can we can we make one? Can we agree on something? Like this is what we need to do. I don't know, because I'm not a woman. I can't I can't make the decision. <laughs> it's like it's like uh it's also the decision how like drag queens somehow aren't offensive to trans women. Like, first of all, like, I, I'm not getting in that fight because I have uh, no stake in it for some reason. But, like, w- shouldn't it be offensive to trans women? Like, it's like men dressing up like women and then, like, goofing around, dicking around. Uh, dicking around uh, may not be the best word. Congratulations. You played yourself. Anyways, though, uh, people need to fucking calm their tits. And uh, if this, if it upsets you... This Marilyn Monroe upskirt statue offends you. You need to get fucking laid. That's all uh, we can really say in regards to that because uh, it sounds like you haven't had sex in a long time, and it's time to get your vagina licked or your bean flicked or your penis touched or um, simp. Just don't be a simp. All right, so that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, let's move on to our final article. This one is very interested from hype beast. Tinder launches new. Are you sure feature to prevent inappropriate pickup lines. Tinder is launching a new messaging feature called are you sure aimed at preventing harassment on the dating app. The industry first safety feature offers a real time warning to users to think twice about their opening line. Uh, are you sure uses AI to detect harmful language and proactively intervenes to warn the sender. Their message may be offensive, asking them to pause before hitting send. The company said in a press release, the AI was built based on what members have reported in the past and it will continue to evolve and improve over time. The app cited recent statistics from the Pew Research Center indicating that in 2020, roughly 40% of Americans experienced some sort of online harassment. 40% of Americans experienced some from online harassment. 
yeah, just if you're trying to, if you want to try to be famous on the internet, that's what's going to fucking happen. Uh, Tinder says that early testings, uh, are you sure, reduced inappropriate language in messaging by more than 10%. Additionally, users who saw the are you sure prompt were less likely to be reported for inappropriate messages over the next month, a promising sign that the feature may have long-term effects on changing toxic dating behavior. Last year, the company introduced a slate of new safety features in select markets, including does this bother you, which prompts users to report inappropriate messages they may have received from a potential match. Words are just as powerful as actions, and today, we're taking an even stronger stand that harassment has no place on Tinder, said Tracy Breeden, head of safety and social advocacy for Match Group. Are you sure is the latest safety feature introduced by Tinder in recent months? In March, Match Group, the parent company of Tinder that also owns several other popular dating services, announced that it was partnering with nonprofit groups, Garbo, to make background check technology available to users across its network, starting with with Tinder. So, so, I mean, obviously, fellas, to the men out there, we're, we're going to talk about the straight people. This is only for the straight people right now. The, the gays and the les and the leses, uh, maybe in, I guess, if, and the bi's are included in there, but it's not, but the bi's could be different sex too. Okay? Uh, trans are in this group, so, I I all appreciate your gender. So you, the transes are included, but the buys and the leses, well the leses and the gays, are not going to be included in this message. So uh, for the for the I'll go with the fellas first. Um, we'll we'll go with uh, with this statement. Uh, your opening line shouldn't be sexual harassment. I don't. If that works, I've been doing dating wrong. Apparently, that if your opening line is just sexual harassment. Apparently, I don't know how to date because uh, I usually try to be funny because that's the few things I have uh, going for me. When I say a few things going for me, I say a lot of good things going for me. It's just uh, it's a few to me, but a lot to the normal unshwoke person. Uh, I like that. So, um, or no, more importantly. This is the type of guy you get. So, with that being said, I don't sexually harass women uh, it's just a policy of mine to uh, not sexually harass women uh, in general. So um, maybe maybe this is uh, this is going to be helpful to the R words out there. R words being Republicans uh, to let them know that hey, sexually harassing a woman is not cool. Can't believe it's 2021 and we're having to have this discussion. Uh, but you should know that that is the case. Um, also, another thing uh, we need to say, I want to say to the women, um, I guess if it's words, be, shouldn't have to deal with it, but don't get, like, your panties too much in a bunch. Just be like, fuck you, and then leave. It's online, so if it's real life, just pepper spray them. That's, that's that shit. Um, but anyways, so um, that's just a lesson I feel like we all need to learn, that if uh, your opening line is to sexually harass a woman on a dating site, either uh, A, you're doing it wrong, or B, I'm doing it wrong, because apparently uh, that's what works. So uh, maybe I have played myself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Um, and that's, I mean, that's all I really have to say about this.
Video games can be expensive. Most start at $60 with new consoles such as the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. New games are even starting at $70. There's some games you're going to keep forever, which for me are Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Zelda Breath of the Wild. Most games out there you're only going to play once and then never pick up again. I know, I bought some games that are now just collecting dust on a shelf in my home. Uh, that's where Gamefly comes in perfect. A Gamefly literally is the best video game rental service out there. You can keep the games as long as you want, and when you're done with them, just send them back, and uh, they'll send you the next one on your queue. Uh, and if you end up loving the game, best thing you can do is buy it at the best use price possible through Gamefly. Using our link in the description, get your first two months of Gamefly for only $10. So start playing new games using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you're trying to lose some extra pounds or staying healthy, you understand how big of a deal working out is. Now, getting the most out of your workout is important to not only me, but many others out there. Are you wanting to gain muscle, lose weight, or even gain some energy to get the most out of your workout? FNX Fitness is here for you. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Okay, so it's now time for me to do a movie review. So recently, I am sad to say that uh, Kevin Clark, the the man who played Freddy in School of Rock, recently passed away. It looks like Someone with a car, as my friend TJ would like to say, a woman hit him <laughs> with her car while he was riding a bike. And uh, sadly, he is gone from the world. And uh, I will always remember him from School of Rock, always being being the cool drummer kid. And uh, reminding us all, you know. Uh, so I wanted to review School of Rock today. That's basically the reason why. And one of the main reasons is, like, 2003, I was 10 years old. The kids in the movie were 10 years old in the movie. Uh, okay, I think that's enough burping. Um, they were, uh, yeah, they were 10 years old in the movie. So they were, like, my age and, like, really inspired me to play music and inspired a lot of my friends to even get into uh, playing music like that. This is the type of guy you get. That's how they got the type of guy we're getting. Um, so, yeah, that's what inspired me to play one of the many things that inspired me to play music so uh let's just get into it. i'm gonna review this movie i haven't watched this movie in a long time so i have a lot to say about it and like always i always have problems with it but uh overall i do enjoy this movie so but i do i still have to point out all my problems so so we open up with the character dewey finn i may be calling him dewey maybe calling him jack black uh just uh deal with pretty it pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that i'm not god so yeah we open up with him and he, he's playing in a band uh, but it doesn't look like he's going anywhere with his music career. He tries to do a stage dive, and he jumps off, and uh, no one catches him, which is very sad to do um, for any human being. Uh, they just do that shit. So uh, they do that. Then you go back to his, you go to his home life, and he's living with his best friend Ned, who is a sub, who used to be in a band, but is now a substitute teacher. And uh, Dewey calls him a temp the entire show. 
And uh, that's hilarious as fuck to me, uh, calling him a temp. So uh, we're going to keep going with that shit. Uh, and so, but his girlfriend, Sarah Silverman, I put down Saving Silverman, my notes, which I need to watch that movie again. Um, Sarah uh, is mad because Dewey's letting, no, S- S- Sarah Silverman is mad at Ned for letting Dewey just like freeload and basically not paying his rent and shit like that. Uh, like that. So, like, that's kind of the thing. He's in a band that's not doing very well. He's kind of not making any money. And his roommate's girlfriend, uh, Saving Silverman, is upset that uh, Dewey's not paying his share, fair share of the rent and shit like that and letting uh, Ned get walked all over. So, yeah. So, eventually, they get, Dewey goes back to his band practice and uh, looks like he has been replaced by a man named Spider. Yep, folks, you heard that correctly. His name is Spider. Now, Spider doesn't seem like he has a lot going on upstairs in the head. And uh, that's kind of lead singer energy, because lead singer, you could be a dipshit. Um, also, bass player energy. But, like, but like with Spider, it looks like he has, like, the musical talent. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't look very smart. So that's a problem. Uh, that's his problem. Uh, so that's one thing going on with him. So, uh, he gets replaced by spider, which, uh, the band's called no vacancy, which I didn't learn to the very end, which is a stupid name, uh, for a band. So, uh, basically that's the situation. Our main character, our protagonist is in Jack black. So, uh, that's rough buddy. So, uh, we go, the plot moves forward and, uh, Joan Cusack is calling, trying to reach a nudge schneebly to uh, be a substitute teacher at their school because the teacher broke their leg and apparently has to take four weeks off. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm just going to assume it's a very bad uh, leg strain or else that there could be, uh, there could be a lot of different problems. Be gone, fuck! I don't know uh, why I pressed that one. Um, So yeah, so once Dewey learns that, like, it's like $650 a week, which is actually pretty good, even, uh, even now, I have to imagine in 2003 in whatever the fuck city they live in, um, which I don't know. It's either New York, Chicago. It's uh, a good, good question. Um, who decides to pretend to be Ned and uh, take the role and try to get the uh, the substitute teaching job uh, so he can do that shit. Uh, so when he gets he gets into the class, class, this is Mr. Schneebly, and uh, Dewey cannot write his best friend's last name, which is not ride or die which is an ep actually that i have released out now wherever you uh listen to your music i like that and uh so that's one thing for sure uh you should know how to spell your best friend's last name especially someone who's uh, letting you live rent free not inside their head but in real life uh so you know things go on and he's he's just thinking do he's just thinking i'm just gonna lay around do nothing and the kids can do nothing as well do whatever the fuck they want but all the kids want to learn something because they're a f- bunch of fucking nerds. And, uh, yeah. And so they're like, hey, kids, I'm hungover. So can we not, like, do this? And they're like, uh, doesn't hangover mean you're drunk? He's like, no, it means I was drunk yesterday. It's like, who comes, who gets drunk on a weekday night? That means you're an alcoholic. And you're like, shut up, Freddie. Freddie says, everybody rest in peace. Uh, I mean, I was drunk. I love that. Doesn't hangover mean you're a drunk? He's like, no, it means I was drunk yesterday. 
uh, and that is a great way to live life. Live life 365, as some would say. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a pretty funny exchange. Uh, right as the clock strikes three, though, Dewey just jets out immediately. And you think, as a teacher, teachers aren't supposed to do that. But then you think about other jobs, and we're like, oh, I would definitely be doing that shit. Uh, and he puts up flyers around town trying to recruit people for a band, and everyone calls him like an ass. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he has a conversation with Ned and Sarah Silverman and they're like, well, I got a job do- being a temp. And so I might have some money coming in and, uh, Ned still gets mad. It's a substitute teacher, not a temp. So, uh, yeah. So we move on to the next day, uh, after giving the kids a strike talking to about who the man is, always keeping them down. Y'all know what the fuck the man is. I like that. No, that's not what I wanted. That's rough, buddy. I need, I need different sound drops for different feelings. Okay. Uh, and like and then they have music class practice so they're all well i know going in that like the kids in the band are all musicians before being in the movie but like the whole class is actually like good at clarinet and flute and all other shit and so very interesting so after jack black sees that he decides hmm i'm going to take all the instruments I already had in my van, including like a 1970s Gibson SG and Flying V, uh, which if you look right now, at least like the good ones are super goddamn expensive. And it's not something you just want to keep chilling in your car. And then a bass that looks like ass too. And then the amps don't sound good at all either. For some reason, it's all just like clean tones, like not even good clean tones. Um, And then like, oh yeah, he has, Jack Black has like the little amp on the belt clip type thing, which is like cool for a thing, but it sounds like, ass, like you, you know, it's not going to sound super good. It still kind of sounds like ass. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so then we're like, Hey, I heard, saw you guys playing music and, uh, guess what? Let's try to get y'all playing music. So, uh, so first we get Zach, the guitar player, Zach. Now the actor, uh, was arrested for stealing guitars. So you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. Uh, we got Lawrence, the only Asian kid in the class, playing keyboard, surprisingly. Uh, then they have uh, Katie. Uh, she plays cello, so uh, they're like, well, bass is close enough, so I guess you're playing bass now. And, uh, and then they get Freddie on the drums, uh, and then he teaches them all how to play Smoke on the Water. Uh, Katie just rocks a solid G. Uh, Freddie does ding, dicka, ding, dicka, ding, dicka, ding on the cymbal. Not on the toms, though, because that's too George of the Jungle. And then Zach's obviously playing down, 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 yeah, down, 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 down. And so they're just jamming out to smoke on the water. Uh, and then Jack Black's like, all right, time for our new secret project called Rock Band. <laughs> and so he's like, we're all going to start Rock Band, and I'm going to give you all different roles. He then asks for, like, backup singers, and then two girls are pretty good, and then iCarly decides she wants to be a singer. And uh, she decides to sing Memory by Cats. Now, first of all, folks, the only time you need to be performing any song from the, the musical Cats is if you're auditioning for the musical Cats. Never bring that shit to an audition. Now, I am a bit of, I can be a bit of a hypocrite when I say this. That's rough, buddy. Because when I was in college and I do piano proficiency, and uh, yeah, folks, I had to take the piano classes in college. Uh, did I get an A in all of them? Of course I fucking did. You all know what the, uh, you all know what the fuck is going on. And I really like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, basically what I'm telling you, uh, never, uh, perform anything from cats ever unless you are performing in cats. So, uh, that musical is just fucking weird. 
everyone's like, oh, the movie's bad. I'm like, yeah, the fucking musical's bad, too. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. Memory alone in the moonlight. That's... And I had, like, the sheet music somewhere, and my friend Caleb was like... I had it next to, like, my piano... A keyboard back when I lived in Missouri, and I just had, like, a stack of piano books and, like, yeah, there are piano sheet music, too, including the stuff from school. And he was like, why do you still have all this? I was like, just for piano stuff. Uh, anyways, now let's move on. So, uh, never audition with, uh, memories from cats or any song from cats ever for any reason whatsoever. This is the type of guy you get. So, um, yeah. And so they're trying they're before they get to class roles, they do have lunch and Lawrence doesn't think he's cool. And Jack Black has to remind him, uh, like, and this was a long time ago. This would not work today that you could look like toe fungus and, uh, you would still be a sex God in a rock band, unless the two exceptions, you will not be a, a sex god in a rock band if you are in Weezer or in Ghost Town Remedy, because those are the two bands that are not made for women. Those are for virgins. Uh, so uh, that gives Lawrence the confidence to continue to move on and be cool and a rock star. So then they're assigning all the roles to kids in class. Some kids security. Some kids uh, have other tasks they have to do roadies groupies and shit like that all right carly gets stuck with the groupies uh and then like the next day she comes up it's like i know what a groupie is they sleep with the band and then he's like ah fuck uh what do you want he's like i want to be band manager so uh uh, i carly goes from being a thought to the band manager which apparently she does pretty good job at so it all works out for everyone in the end white people white people all right um and then like they and then you know Jack Black's like okay what what music does you guys listen to like what's what inspires you and uh, here are three examples uh, the white girl says Christina Aguilera and uh, the only black kid in the class says uh, Puff Daddy and uh, another girl says Liza Minnelli and Jack's like y'all listen to garbage which Christina Aguilera and Liza Minnelli they're very talented I don't know why you would talk, call that shit uh, I don't. Puff Daddy, we can talk about another day. So they're like, all right, so we're going to have to do like a history of rock lessons. So they're actually going to learn something in this. Uh, so, so yeah, they're going to actually learn it. And uh, they're like, oh, what songs are we going to sing for this battle of the bands that you have for this rock band project? He's like, I wrote the song. And, uh, and then he performs kind of a rough rendition of uh, You're Not Hardcore Unless You Live Hardcore. And the legend of the rent was way hardcore. Yeah, so they kind of have everything planned out. They got the rules and they got the lessons and all that shit. Uh, so this is where we start getting into some problems with the movie. Um, he assigns some kids to soundproof the room. Now, uh, I have a degree in music technology, so I know a bit about sound in acoustic treatment into a room. As you can see, if you're watching the video, I do have a bit of soundproofing in the room, and uh, that's why my recordings never sound fully like ass. Uh, so basically, for a soundproof room, basically what you would do is build a room inside of a room. So you have the walls of the room inside of the room, and then in between uh, the room inside of a room, you put like rock wool, which is like this insulating uh, insulation-type phone that's super thick and dense. That way... Uh, basically what you have to do so when sound travels so he me speaking 
and let's say this is a wall. Let's say this this is a wall. So me speaking, uh, singing, and then going sound waves go into this wall, uh, kind of gets diffused by the wall a little bit or echoes and then goes out the other wall. That's kind of how sound works. Now with the room inside of the room, let's do these two are rooms. So basically, boom, and then kind of gets absorbed by that and doesn't make into the other room. That's basically how... Uh, full soundproofing works in a room. You can, my room is acoustically treated, so uh, it sounds good, but it's not soundproof. So I have to, I have to explain that to everyone when that, so uh, uh, good luck uh, actually making a soundproof classroom and not being suspicious. Don't be suspicious. And uh, then, yeah, so, and then also he gives like CDs to kids to like study. Uh, and it's really, really cool because that back then at that time in 2003, having a big CD collection or even an iPod, uh, like I do right now, it was actually a very cool, a very cool thing. And so, uh, I just miss those days of being cool for having a, damn, like a 80 gig iPod. It's like, yep, man, I have all that and more, uh, and all that, all that shit. So. Uh, we go through this montage of the kids learning songs and all that shit, and then all of a sudden uh, they have to do their audition for Battle of the Bands, which is uh, which is a great montage because they all have to sneak out of the classroom into the back of Jack Black's uh, windowless van, and uh, yeah, then they drive to the audition, and so getting ready to audition. However, Freddy is gone missing. So Jack Black has to go find Freddy and Freddy's like playing cards with a bunch of like stoner drug, druggy rockers and whatever. And, uh, like they actually, he actually gave a good talk to him about how like, look, those guys are fucking losers. Like they do drugs and they're never going to make it anywhere in their life. Uh, I'm trying to help you get somewhere in life in a music career. Uh, and that's why you got to stick, stay away from that shit. Just drink alcohol and shit like that. Uh, I guess, even though in the beginning of it, you know, don't fucking ruin your life with that shit. So, uh, that's that. Uh, so that's good. But they miss the battle of the bands auditions mainly because, uh, Freddie was missing. And then, so they have to lie to the audition people. It's like, look, uh, these kids are in a hospital and they just had a dream of playing battle of the bands. And so, uh, like pretending they're like terminally ill, they uh, now are in the Battle of the Bands, even though they didn't audition. So, cool shit right there. Uh, and just a reminder, this this audition is in the morning uh, on a weekday. Uh, FYI, and there's more problems with that Battle of the Bands coming up. So, that's how they get in. Uh, at one alarm, they do almost get caught playing music together. But uh, they get everything away at the last minute, except for Jack's uh, Gibson SG, which he pretends to use to help teaching math with a math, 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 math. And so that, after the teacher has to listen to him teach all day. And so uh, after school, they're like, you want to go get coffee? And she's like, sure. And so they go to a bar and get drunk. Uh, He puts on some uh, Stevie Nicks, just like the wire wing dove. Sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, yeah, ooh. Like that, uh, gets that on, and then he convinces her to actually uh, let him go on a field trip to listen to some music, which is the Battle of the Bands, FYI. Uh, and he gets away with it. So, so basically, he gets all that approved, and everything's good to go. Um, but then Jack Black goes home, and uh, him, like he also gets stuck having to go to the parents' night. And uh, Ned gets a check from the school, and uh, Ned's going to call him and say this was a mistake, and then. You know, Jack Black has to admit, look, man, I've been pretending to be as a teacher. 
uh, we're going to do this battle of the band shit. And he confesses the whole story. Uh, so then he has to leave for parents' night. And of course, fucking Ned fucking Schneebly confesses to Sarah fucking Silverman and gets the truth out of Ned. And then now she she goes full throttle and includes the police there. So, so then basically Jack is at the parents' night thing. And they're like, why is my kid listening to rock music? Yeah, he keeps playing rock music on the guitar and shit like that. And then the best line out of the movie, and the reason why I am probably not a teacher, because I would say this at every parent-teacher conference, I've been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure... Sorry, I messed that up. I've been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure I've touched them. And uh, he makes a big mistake. It has to leave because the police are there because it's Sarah Silverman for some fucking reason. And uh, he's running out and he makes an escape. Makes it back to Ned and apartment, even though Sarah's the one trying to arrest him. Um, yeah, and uh, also he doesn't go to jail or anything like that. Now, somehow he just makes it out okay. Probably because he didn't molest any of the kids. Good lesson. If you're going to do something illegal, don't molest a kid. Uh, maybe just don't molest kids in general. Maybe let's live a life hack. Just do, you can do illegal things, just don't inv- have it involve kids. Don't make it sexual with kids. Um, so the next day, they're always like, can you believe he was just using us for the Battle of the Bands? But the kids want to play Battle of the Bands with Daddy Jack. <laughs> so uh, they basically get on the bus that was for their field trip and uh, go ahead and pick up a hungover Jack Black. And they're like, all right, come on, let's get going. And going in there, Sarah Silverman's not happy that he's doing it still. And Ned's like, Fuck you, Sarah. I'm going to the Battle of the Bands. And uh, so, uh, as we all discovered, uh, they show up to the Battle of the Bands. Uh, on stage playing is No Vacancy, Jack's old band, with Spider wearing the stupidest fucking outfit I've ever seen in my life. Leather pants. It's not, no shirt, but it's leather sleeves only. Just leather sleeves. So what's the fucking purpose? That looks, it looks so fucking stupid. He's wearing leather fucking sleeves. Really? Leather sleeves? That's it? Like, first of all, you just look fucking stupid. I don't know who will let you out of the house. If I, if a band made of mine wore that on stage, I would be like, what the fuck are you wearing right now? Change right now. That's the shit. Uh, so, uh, after they get done playing, they're like, all right, Zach, uh, we're going to play your song. Cause we only got one good chance. And then Zach's like, you have to sing it though. I'm like, he's like, all right, that's a deal. Cause you suck at singing Zach. Um, and then like, yeah, they're getting ready, getting ready to set up their stage equipment. And then, uh, the parents show up and, uh, they're like, we want in, our kids are in there. They're like, we're not letting you in without a ticket. And like, they keep complaining about that, but eventually they do buy tickets, which is a big thing. Because they pay $15,000 a year for their kids to go to that school, but yet they're too fucking stingy to be buying Battle of the Band concert tickets. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. That's a big thing. And also, this Battle of the Bands is uh, on a weekday in the morning, FYI. I know that's what you were wondering about, uh, so wonder what those ticket prices were. Uh, I am guarantee you it was cheap enough for someone who pays $15,000 a semester for their kids to go to a school to be able to pay for it, so... Uh, that's other thing. So, um, let me talk about their live performance. Obviously I know it was like a studio recording that they're lip singing to on stage. But, uh, let's indulge. Uh, so like the final performance, like the drums aren't mic'd at all. So, and then also the drums have wind chimes and a gong. Like what the fuck music is going on here? Is someone playing Bohemian Rhapsody on the stage? Uh, move up. Come on, Neil Pert. We got the setup just for you. Uh, yeah, and so, uh, and then no one ever uses the wind chimes or the gong, so uh, let's keep that in mind. Uh, 
Everyone has really good stage presence, except for there's a lot of times there's two guitar parts, but only Zach is playing and Jack Black is just walking around and looking like he's an ACDC. Uh, and then, like, you know, they kill it at the performance and uh, Zach, was he Jack Black, is able to jump and do a stage dive and they actually catch him. Uh, luckily, they catch him. And uh, the parents are like, wow, that was really good, kids. And now we don't give a shit about you being tech. I guess they would say Jack Black kidnapped him, even though the kids all did it on their own. Uh, but now they don't give a shit about any of this. They're like, kids, we're going to let you be in a rock band now. That's how you get through to your parents about your life goals. Um, but unfortunately, Jack's old band, No Vacancy Wins, um, probably because they thought uh, they're... Uh, guitar player Spider was mentally challenged and only wore sleeves on stage. Uh, that's the only way I can even really think of how they won. But however, School Rock got an encore. So, uh, you know, you, they, you win, you lose. I don't know. And uh, they end it, instead of playing uh, an original song, their only other original song being uh, The Legend of the Rent, that's way hardcore. Uh, they don't play that one. They decide to play A Long Way to the Top by AZTC. D- A- ACDC. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And uh, basically that shows Zach, uh, Jack Black starting an after-school program called School of Rock, teaching kids after-school guitar and being in a rock band shit. And even Ned gets involved with like five teaching five-year-olds how to play guitar, which is really cool. And he has that like calm demeanor that I think is really good uh, to work with kids. This is the type of guy you get. And uh, that's how the movie ends. The credits roll with them playing It's a Long Way to the Top if you want to rock and roll. Uh, let's also keep in mind uh, they're doing this whole music school in their apartment, uh, meaning that uh, their neighbors are just okay with it uh, for some reason. That uh, between the hours of like 3 p.m. and between like 3 p.m. and 8 p.m., it is just loud as hell and unlivable for a normal fucking human being. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, and that's School of Rock, folks. Uh, one of my favorite movies uh, that's come out. You know, it's just a genuine classic. Uh, I bought. I initially had the movie. I got it five dollars from a Walmart Walmart bin. I think I was in eighth grade too when I got it too. So it's been it's it's been a while uh, from it. So that's School of Rock. One of just a great movie. Uh, if you're a kid, like it's great if like to watch it with a kid. I uh, like you know they're they're around ten years old where they can watch a movie with some like cussing because it's only like. A little bit of drinking, cussing, and stuff like that. Like, a little bit of cussing, and then, like, old enough, like, a kid can watch. It's like a PG-13 movie, so, like, a 10-year-old can watch it. I'm, you know, you know they can. Uh, I don't get inspired them to start playing music. But, uh, nevertheless, there is the meme uh, that I have to go through in the true the true story. And I'll read this to you, and I'm hoping I don't fucking mess this, mess this up. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. <clears throat> The real unsung hero in School of Rock is the promoter who got about 2,000 people to a local Battle of the Bands on a weekday morning. That guy's a fucking hero. Um, I think I've been invited to play like three Battle of the Bands, and I said no to all of them. I think they wanted me to pay to be in the Battle of the Bands, and I said, fuck that. Yeah, I was like, someone tells me I have to pay. If it's a pay-to-play type situation, No. Never miss me with that bullshit. That's a scam already. Uh, you talk about like I'll talk with like music friends all the time who are just like, yeah. So we showed up. We're starting unpacking. We start getting ready to show, and then uh, like some guy who works there is like, hey, where's our payment? You're pay to play. 
And uh, they're like, uh, fuck that shit. And then they like all like, we packed up and just left because that's not worth it to us. So like, congratulations, now you don't have any entertainment. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to do this right. And I really like that. Congratulations, you played yourself. We, we did that. So uh, never pay to play unless it's actually a good opportunity. Like if it's an actual good opportunity, uh, there are cases where that actually is a good option to pay to play. But, like, it has to sound like it's a good reason, not just, like, someone trying to convince you to do it, okay? Uh, so that's School of Rock. That's all I have to say. Uh, that promoter, I want them to work in my entire life. I want to work with that promoter. So thank you. We've been going through this pandy for over a year now, and any responsible human would groan at the idea of leaving your home. Why should you have to leave your home to buy alcohol either? That's where Drizzly comes in handy. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know, it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. I use Drizzly at least once and sometimes twice a week, and it's so easy that going to the liquor store is a thing of the past. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that is provides its to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description gets $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our link, you directly support this show. I live alone, so cooking can become very sad when cooking for one. That's why I order food from local restaurants often because I know they're struggling and I know I don't have to cook when I'm feeling depressed. That's why I absolutely love DoorDash because they have been my food savior during this pandy. If you don't know of DoorDash, they bring you food you crave directly to your door. With over 300 thousand partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local favorites and your favorite national chains such as Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory. Your favorite restaurant is still open for delivery. Download the DoorDash app from the link in our description. It's all contactless delivery to keep my community and yours safe. Get $10 off each of your first three DoorDash orders, over $15, when you sign up using the link in the description. Treat yourself like the king and queen you are and order from DoorDash today. Again, that's $10 off your first three orders over $15 when you use the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, so it's now time for me to solve all your problems. A lot of you have issues. Uh, I don't have issues, so it means I have to solve all yours. That's how it works. That's how life works. Um, this is the type of guy you get. So, uh, basically, I'm just going to solve relationship problems. If you have a relationship problem or a problem you want me to solve, you can always email the schwedcast at gmail.com. be more than happy to help you with all your problems with... Be gone, fuck! Because that's going to be most of the answers. All right, so let's get into it. First one, uh, let's, let's take a look at this first one. My girlfriend wants a threesome with another girl. I agreed, but now feel uncomfortable. How should I address this? Uh, my girlfriend and I agreed to find a threesome on our road trip, but now I'm regretting it. There would be no strings attached in just once. I do feel jealous thinking of just my girlfriend getting turned on and having sex with a woman without me involved. I explained this, and she said I could have sex with the other girl. She said it would probably make her jealous, but I guess it seemed 
worth it to her. She also knows it's one of my fantasies, so maybe she's trying to please me. Still, I would never agree to have a male-male-female threesome. I would be crushed. Uh... Why isn't my girlfriend crushed thinking about a male-female-female threesome and me banging a girl? I am really doubting the idea of this still. If I turn down my fantasy for my girlfriend, what if she seeks out another way? What if she sexually rebels? What if just our sex isn't good enough for her? All these worries are no less running through my head. Thoughts on how to address this? So, a little bit of complicated situation you got yourself in. Um... It sounds like you you need to communicate a little bit. A lot of a lot of relationship problems come down to communications and it doesn't look like this one is any different, folks. Um basically you have to kind of set some ground rules what is going to be okay and what's not going to be okay in regards to this situation of a threesome. Uh you really have to have that conversation because if you say this, look, if we do this we can't be having things we're mad about afterwards, what happens afterwards. So if there are deal breakers involved with this, you can't move forward with the idea of, you know, this threesome idea, because uh, if someone's going to get hurt involved with it, it's not going to be fun for anyone, especially the third person, uh, because that third person's just probably looking to make two friends at once. That's kind of how you, why threesomes exist, you know? You know what I'm saying? Dead ass. Uh, I like that. Uh, but yeah, so basically you just have to sit down and like talk the situation over and you're like if there's any possibility of you being upset about something that could happen we have to do it and say it now and that way we don't do it and if this isn't going to work out that's going to be a problem so uh if the threesome i mean you go you're going for the belt my friend and uh and i really like that so respect to you there uh but you're just kind of wondering why your girlfriend isn't jealous uh so um yeah, I understand your situation. Just have some communication, see what the deal breakers is, uh, what deal breakers are, and move forward from there. Because without that, without some ground rules and some uh, expectations, uh, you're gonna have a bad time, and uh, it's gonna be very uh, rough, buddy. And so you don't want that. You don't want that to happen, and you don't want the situation to go sour super fast. That's that's the way it is. So. Next one, we've got some high schoolers to write in. Am I missing out on sex in high school? I just celebrated me and my girlfriend's one-month anniversary. She is my first girlfriend in high school. We have been friends ever since we were in seventh grade. I recently had a talk with one of my friends about how our relationships were going. I was raised in a Christian household, so when we got to the point where we talk about what we have done, I told him that the most we've done is some kissing... Uh, most that we've done is some kissing and nothing extensive. He gave me a weird look and made a joke about how if he had dated a girl for a month and had only kissed her, he would get bullied. Now, obviously, as a teenager filled with hormones and shit, the idea of sex crosses my mind all the time, but I always had this conception that I was too young for it. I asked my friend if this was a common occurrence to have sex at such a young age, and he said yes. To back this up even further, I asked a couple of my friends at school, and majority of them seemed to have experienced some sort of sexual activity below the waist. Now, I love my girlfriend very much, and to give you an idea of how far we are in our relationship, we've both met each other's parents, uh, so that didn't kill you. Uh, though the one question I'm still wondering about is if I'm missing out on sex. I feel like I'm doing something wrong here and I can't tell, uh, what. Uh, so thank you. All right. So yeah, buddy, don't, if you're not ready to have sex, don't rush into it. Kids are, kids are 
like you really suck shit. You like they make it such a big deal. And I don't know. I don't think losing your virginity is such a big deal. I grew up Christian, so your virginity is like sacred and like needs to be idolized. And really, that's only really the case for women. I'll eat, I mean, I had a lot of good talks, you know, from people who said it in a way like, "Don't disrespect women." I remember having hearing one Jesus talk, the "Don't have sex with your girlfriend still marriage" uh, type shit, where. They were like, look, if you're, if things are getting hot, this was actually, and this guy, I really like this guy uh, who talked about this. I, I, I still like him. Uh, he's like, look, things are getting hot and heavy. Just start praying. And, uh, you know, I think things will be fixed from there. I'm like, that's actually, uh, like if you're, if you got, if you're like rock hard, teenage rock hard, which is like superior rock hard. Uh, and then you, and then you're like, all right, let's pray. And then you start praying. I'm like, that is going to ruin the mood very quickly. I will tell you that. Uh, shout out to, I don't want to say your name on the podcast, uh, but uh, he's a cool guy. Not the not like a cool guy, you know. I like that. Not like that kind of cool guy, but uh, he's, he's he's a great guy. Like, I ran into him, it would be really nice to catch up with him. So, uh, type, type that. So, uh, anyways, in regards to now me not being a part of a cult, uh, what I can tell you is... Um, do it when you're ready. Do it when she's ready. Do it when you're both ready, first of all. Make sure you're both are down to do it. Um, because don't you don't have to rush things. Like, look, man, you're 15. Uh, there's people who are, like, 30 and haven't had sex yet. Don't worry about it. And, like, and you say you're far too... You feel like you're too young to have sex? Like, yeah, you feel too young? Uh, if y'all want to use your mouths on some shit, do it. I mean, just have fun, you know? Just be safe and have fun and be consensual. That's all that really matters. And, look, uh, if you're thinking, like, you're too young, if from an adult... An almost 28-year-old, almost in, someone almost in their 30s. I'd say 17, 18, I feel like is the right age to start having sex. To me, um, just because, especially, I think 18 and your partner's at least 18 too. Uh, I feel like that's just a solid age to do it. One, you're just both adults and you do it responsibly and you both like it. You know, that's it's just good. Like, you're old enough to be a little bit more mature. Like, when you're 18, you're still a fucking idiot. I was a fucking idiot at 18. I'm a fucking idiot now, uh, folks. So I don't know what you... Uh, the this is the type of guy you get. Thank you, Joe, uh, for uh, giving me that information. So, yeah, um, do it when you're ready. Like, look, you don't have to wait till you're 17, 18. That's, that would be my advice. Like, hey, man, just wait till you're, like, 17. Or uh, just do it. More, more importantly, when you're both ready. Not just you. It's not just you. It's her, too. Do it when you're both ready. Uh, when you're both ready, uh, you do it with that. But don't treat virginity like it's, like, a big deal because it's not. Like, we treat women like they're broken if they've lost their virginity and shit like that. Like the stupid, I hate this fucking analogy. It's like a key men are keys and women are locks. A key that opens a lot of locks is a good key, but a lock that gets opened by a lot of keys is a shitty lock. And it's like, okay, I, I don't think women are shitty like that. I don't think we should be talking about women like that. Um, you know, it's like, like I don't shame women for doing the same thing I want to do. I'm like, Stop shaming women for that shit. Stop slut shaming because sluts are cool. Uh, a great, great. I think that's my great thing. It's like sluts. Stop slut shaming because sluts are cool. That should be a t-shirt along with uh, your OnlyFans isn't as good as Avengers Endgame. I think that one's a good one too. So uh, yeah, just do. Just have sex when you're ready, bud. Uh, you'll be fine. Uh, don't let other people decide when you need to have sex because you'll have it when you want to. Just do that. And then when you're older, kids. When you're a kid, like. Yeah, when you're in high school, you don't you have a limited supply of friends, and then in college, like you get a lot more. So just just chill the fuck out; they'll be fine. Oh, this one's a spicy one. Next one I have here. 
I lied about having sex with a girl. This girl I've been talking to came to my house on Saturday. All we did was play Among Us, eat Chick-fil-A, and watch a couple of movies. Then I took her home. My friends knew she was coming over and asked me how it went. How far did we go? We didn't do anything, except I did put my arm around her. I freaked out and told him that I smashed, and today everyone knows about it. She's not talking to me. I messaged her, and I don't expect her to ever again. I already talked to my dad about it, and he said that I should put it on our class group chat literally everyone in the junior class is in the chat that i was dishonest uh, i did that already and i'm getting dragged yeah it sucks but i shouldn't have done it in the first place is there anything else should i apologize face to face tomorrow or leave her alone i know i fucked up um yeah buddy you uh congratulations you played yourself you really played yourself so uh at least you're honest you admit to your mistake and uh you're kind of dealing with the consequences uh, of that mistake um yeah i mean initially i would think it's like oh i told everyone we smashed and they think we did but she doesn't know that i told everyone if that was the case we like just don't bring it up again and then eventually if it comes up just be like yeah we didn't have sex just deal with it um so yeah you're just gonna have to live with your dumbass choices congratulations you yourself. So, um, in regards to apologizing, yeah, you should apologize to her. Don't expect her to accept your apology. Just apologize and be a good person. Uh, be the bigger person that, like our friend. Hashtag, pray for Micah. Our be the bigger person like that person. And, uh, what you can do, just be like, look, I'm sorry I told everyone that. I think I just made a stupid decision in, in saying that. Uh, I'm not sure why. I think I just wanted to impress people, but I know now that that was disrespectful to you uh, to say that uh, that we did. And so I do apologize. Uh, I know you don't, you're not required to forgive me. However, uh, I am sorry on my end, and hopefully one day I can make this up to you. Be like a good sport. Be a good guy. Be a cool guy. And uh, apologize for uh, stupid things you do uh, because that will hopefully show her that at least you're not a complete dumbass uh because it looks like you are a dumbass and uh you want to be the good kind of dumbass you don't want to be the bad kind the one that people don't like uh that's the best thing i can really say to you on that so uh, just apologize and fucking mean it that's uh, that's gonna be another cool factor in regards to what you can do in regards to that um move on to the next question are me and my girlfriend having too much sex to the point of an addiction i'm wondering if this is normal or not i have had sex with her nearly every day for more than two years and over the past year it has gone from one time a day to more than three i love it and so does she we do a lot of cnc bdsm and all that too and she and i have been fucking each other in our sleep from a while back five to six months Ooh, what, what am I going to play here? Well, I have a sound drop. Pretty bold of you little people, fucks to assume that I'm not God. This is the type of guy you get. I identify as a fucking threat. So, um, first of all, congratulations on whatever you have, because that, uh, you make a lot of people jealous, uh, because there's some guys out there who want to fuck all the time. And I was like, I'm not in the mood. Like they have to be in a certain mood to want to fuck. Uh, and then you got it. You think sounds like you got a great thing going for you. What I would say though, is let's go in regards to what you think is an addiction. Now with an addiction, uh, it means that sex would get in the way of you functioning like a normal human being. So let's say like you miss like, you start skipping work because you want to have sex and uh 
you stop taking care of yourself, you want to have sex, you lose your house because you want to have sex. That's that's a different situation. That means you have an addiction because you're putting that addiction more important than uh, your daily responsibilities as a human being. So uh, with that being said, though, um, all we can say in regards to your situation is if that's the case, if you're not functioning properly and you and her are not functioning properly as human beings, then it's an addiction. However, if it's not and you both are just kind of doing this for in your free time, having fun, then uh, congratulations to both of you. Uh, you have a dream come true, and I hope you fuck each other for the rest of your lives because that sounds fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's keep moving on, keep moving on, moving on. I'm in a relationship with a married woman, and I feel guilty. We matched on Tinder. We talked for weeks because she didn't want to show she just have a one-night stand. She is a really gorgeous woman, and I really liked her. She told me that she was married and that she even has a child. I gotta be honest, I didn't care much. She was so pretty. We eventually agreed to meet after a few weeks. We drove to the town next to us because she was afraid to be exposed. She told me about her marriage, her husband, and her child. After hearing her stories, I felt guilty. I was about to stop, but then we went to a hotel. Like I said, she is a beauty. Not just her face, she was so damn attractive, and when we started having sex, I completely lost the guilty feeling we repeated it for a long time she she spends so much money on this damn hotel but she says she can afford it and i shouldn't worry about it we didn't just have sex every week we also built a connection we got so well with each other and laughed just had a good time but the guilty feeling didn't let go of me she always made this comment which made me feel so terrible don't you feel guilty fucking another dude's wife if he finds out he will be broken she always made this comment and laughed while we had sex and i gotta be honest it fired me on more uh, i don't know why i think i'm just as sick as her uh, right now the guiltiness is killing me i literally can't sleep anymore it's not getting out of out of my head and i feel terrible and disgusting with myself i mean i destroyed a whole family and this child will probably get raised with divorced parents if the husband finds it out these thoughts are not getting out of my head and the sex is also terrible i feel so disgusting while having sex with her i don't know what to do anymore i just want to get out of this situation okay so uh first thing i'll say uh you're not the one to blame for her cheating on her husband. Uh, that is her problem, and she has to deal with the responsibility of doing that. Uh, so you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Uh, the fact that she brings it up, like, during sex, uh, couldn't you believe you're fucking a married woman? I'm like, oh, okay, okay, can we not say that? I mean, I was like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, no, that would just be weird talk about i'm like okay this isn't role play this is real life we need to not do that shit um but then you're so yeah so that whole like her cheating is her problem um i would say just like have a more sexual relationship with her just a more friends with benefits type of situation with her um but uh if you're saying you're feeling disgusting with the sex then yeah it's nothing it's not even worth having the relationship anymore to be honest with you uh that's not even a situation you should want she's 35 and you're 18 so there's a little bit of grooming here that i'm not i think there could be a little bit of grooming here um i'm not 100 percent on that but uh like i said i don't know the full situation but there could be a little bit of grooming so that's a little bit dangerous uh but like i said um it looks like there's not really a good relationship working there and also if you're not feeling good with the sex like what's the point then after that uh she's just hot and then you but you don't like the sex that's the problem though 
like me in the situation if i still enjoyed the sex but like i knew she was married and shit like that i'm like i could probably go along with it for that but like when it's like a but yeah when you're not liking the sex it's not worth it man uh i would say try to end this one one because she might be grooming you two uh you're not liking the sex that's a problem three uh there's a relationship problem there where she a big part of your relationship is her being married with a child which uh that's a situation um that uh at least she should have at least lied like look we're in an open marriage or something like that uh that would have been a fun type of situation but no she does that i don't know that to me is super fucking weird so um best situation i can tell you in regards to that is probably i would say just yeah you're gonna have to end that shit uh that's not gonna be good for anyone uh at any point in time ever for any reason whatsoever um congratulations you played yourself but the best thing you can do is she comes up to you but i want to be with you be gone, fuck! And she'll get the message. Okay, let's move on to the next one. My girlfriend knocked me off the bed. So I don't know what her problem was this morning, but she was mad at her brother for something, and she was very upset. Like, screaming and crying, it made no sense to me. I wasn't responding correctly to her, and I was sitting on the side of the bed, and she pushed me off onto the ground. I was laying down on my phone, and she pushed me off, and then I hit my head on the coffee table, and I screamed at her, What the fuck are you doing? She said she was so sorry and came over to kiss my head, and I accepted her apology and everything, but I was bleeding and upset. She told me she didn't realize it would knock me off, and she just meant to snap me out of it and pay attention to her i told her sorry but now my head hurts and then she got me an ice pack and placed it on my head and kissed me on my shoulder and just said sorry i get that she apologized and i forgive her do you guys think she did this on purpose and didn't expect me to hurt my head so badly or well why did she do this to me we are both female so glad it's glad you're both female because there could be another problem um yeah it sounds like an accident to me in this situation, so there's a lot more details that I'm not getting from the story, but I would say, yeah, there is, yeah, there's some missing details, uh, but it sounds like an accident on the most part. She's just mad and probably like, hey, respond to me, and then you fell. She probably hit too hard, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, that shit happens. Um, now, however, has this been like an on, if this is like an ongoing thing, like this keeps happening, and she keeps pushing you off the bed and shit like that, and you keep hurting yourself, um, then there's a problem, and uh, you need to get out of there. Simp. Uh, don't be a fucking simp either um, with that. So, yeah, it sounds like she's an accident. The way she apologized really quickly and the way she did that, from what it sounds like from the story you wrote, does say that she did try to fix the situation, and she does feel sorry for that. So I'll take that. So, yeah, forgive her. Just kind of hopefully move on. Uh, if it's like a reoccurring thing, sometimes people make do accidents and hurt people accidentally, and they don't mean to. A lot of times you have to understand the other person's intention. Like, did they mean to hurt you? Uh, and then they apologize. You kind of have to understand. It's always good to understand the other person's point of view in regards to a situation like that. And if they really didn't mean to do that, and this is like a one-time thing, that's something. But, but like, if this is like an ongoing thing that keeps happening. Yeah, you need to fucking leave that shit. That's all I'll say there because uh, things gonna get hard for you, and uh, it's gonna get rough in the bad way. That's rough, buddy. So um, that is that, you know. Um, and I think we're finally on to our last question of the podcast. So uh, my boyfriend talks too much. 
Uh, we've been together for just over a year, but friends for three years, and the pandemic fast-tracked our relationship. We spent nearly every day together for the entire time we've been dating and moved in together last August. We're extremely comfortable with each other, and I know he's the person I want to be with for the rest of my life. When we talk about the future, we often say things like after we get married or if we have kids, all that to say I'm very secure in our relationship, but get really annoyed with him sometimes. The biggest annoyance is that he talks all the time. It's very rare that we have a moment of silence together because he's always talking or always has a podcast or show playing. I'm a quiet person and enjoy our conversations very much, but sometimes I need some quiet time together. He has diagnosed ADHD and he doesn't take medicine for it and has a myriad of interests. So he knows a little bit and everything. Uh, while we're talking, if I say something that reminds him of something else, he'll interrupt me to tell me before he forgets what it is. This happens while we're watching TV, listening to music or podcasts, while I'm trying to fall asleep, etc. Basically all hours of the day. Sometimes it's endearing, but most of the time it's very annoying and makes me feel like he doesn't respect what I have to say or the fact that I'm trying to listen to something else. I know there are a lot of contributing factors, including his ADHD, our upbringings. I was raised in a way too quiet home where we spoke very minimally and he was raised in a very chaotic home where in order to be heard, you had to speak in loudest and longest. And I know cognitively uh, he that he does respect me, but emotionally it's hard to keep a grasp on that while uh, I'm constantly being interrupted. I've spoken to him about this, and he knows it's a problem, but I don't think he knows just how much it affects me. When we were just friends, I became frustrated with him for interrupting me, and when he uh, explained that if he doesn't share his thoughts now, he'll forget what it was and won't share it at all. I told him that it's not very, not every thought needs to be shared, and when he interrupts someone, it makes them feel like their thoughts aren't as important as his. Um... He has tried to be better, but the most annoying thing is when we're watching a show or listening to music together and he talks constantly to the point that I can't focus at all on what's going on. I've tried pausing the show slash music to let let him say what he wants, then replaying. But if I did that every time, it would take us an hour to get through a 30-minute episode. I'm so very frustrated, but what I'm scared of is repeatedly bringing up and pushing him away from me or causing him to not want to share his thoughts with me anymore. I know he doesn't intend to make me feel this way. He's just sharing things because he wants me to know how what's going on inside of his head, which is nice and refreshing, but sometimes overwhelming. Sorry for rambling, and if you made it this far, thank you for reading. Any advice is appreciated. So, uh... Are you dating me? Is that the... Are, are you dating me? Because I don't sh sh fucking shut up ever. I don't have ADHD, though, so that, that's a whole different uh, that's a whole different story. But uh, what was it? I saw a meme. I think I sent it. I have a funny meme I saw. Uh, I'm going to try and pull it up here, the meme I saw. And I'm trying to remember who I sent it to. Um, where is it? Okay, so we got to find this meme. This might, yeah, it's pretty far away. But it's like, uh, I want to be quiet and mysterious, but I talk too damn much. <laughs> That's me. Um, only thing I can say, um, the undiagnosed, the unmedicated ADHD uh, is a little bit, uh, that's something to me I feel like needs to be controlled. I don't think... People, I don't, I don't know. I don't like mental illness not being treated properly, um, and that sounds like it's not being treated properly uh, with no medication. So I think he needs to get on some medication. 
uh, because shit like that. Um, there's a couple things. You just kind of have to give and take a little couple things. Like if you're talking, tell him he can't interrupt until I finish what I'm saying. Maybe he'll just like learn that. So you've learned that. Then he gets to say what he wants to say. And I know he says ADHD is going to make him forget. That's why he needs to get on medication. Uh, that way he doesn't say every stupid fucking thing that comes in his head. Um, and then unless he turns into me, um, uh, another thing, like, so say you're watching like a TV show, uh, tell him a good situation you can do. Tell him that, uh, he's not allowed to talk during the show. If he has something he wants to bring up, he can write it down and then you talk about it afterwards. So just kind of like, you have to give and take a little bit of everything. Like when you're telling a story, he can't interrupt. And he's like, if he tries to interrupt, like, Hey, let me finish. And then you got a lot of, and you finish it, then he, okay, now you can talk. You know, sometimes things like that, because like, yeah, if you're going to keep up with that, things are going to drive you crazy. But, uh, you kind of have to keep moving forward with that, uh, with everything you have there, because, uh, without it, you're gonna, you're gonna go fucking crazy because, I know what it's like to be me, where I just don't fucking shut up, and you're laying in bed next to a woman, and she tells you to sh- to be quiet, because yeah, you keep fucking talking. Uh, but uh, this is the type of guy you get. So anyone who wants me knows that's the situation. Um, but yeah, no, um, you're just gonna have to find some a little bit of compromises here and there, and uh, that way you can let him talk. But also, yeah, have him get some get medicated for ADHD. He probably was, and now he's like, I don't want to be on that fucking shit anymore. Uh, so that's the way it is. So thank you one and all for listening to this episode of Cancel Shweezy. Um, I hope that this podcast saves you money on going to your therapist. So thank you so much. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything I talked about, you can email the at gmail.com or leave a comment on our YouTube page, uh, or on the episode directly. We'll be able to see that and, uh, respond to you properly and see what we can do moving on from there. Go check out my music, Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Tinder, not Tinder, uh, Tidal, uh, Amazon, just, you know, wherever you stream your music at. You can find Shweezy uh, today. If you're listening to this, the day it comes out, it's going to be May. It's the last day of May to probably listen to it before you have to listen to it in June. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and I have my EPs, Ride or Die, and King. You can both go listen to. Follow me everywhere on all my socials at the Shweezy, um, except for TikTok. It's the Foreplay King. Uh, and then subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you know, wherever you get your podcasts on, uh, subscribe to everything there, uh, and sub- follow and subscribe on Twitch when connecting your Amazon Prime account and support us on Patreon to financially support the show. Just, you know, help me keep doing what I do. I like that. And, uh, keep doing shit like that because you know what? Uh, the end justifies the memes. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cancel Shweezy. I uh, hope this WAP, uh, a wet-ass podcast, is suited for you in the best way possible. So honk if you love butt drugs and stay awesome.
pray for Micah. Hey there, my fellow Schwoklord. Thank you so much for finishing that episode. It means a lot to me. If you want to support the show even further, check us out on Patreon, where you can get ad-free episodes of all my shows. Once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and stay awesome.